0: word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us good morning everyone and welcome special welcome brian or should i say konnichiwa back from good stint in japan look forward to catching up with you later and um And welcome to these young people at the front too. It's good that the young people sit at the front because we get to see the future of the church, right? And it's not that far off. It's a privilege to open God's Word together this morning. If you're visiting, uh, I would extend the same welcome that Pete extended and it's terrific to have you here and it'd be also great if you could stay for a coffee afterwards and let us get to know you a little bit. Well, today we're going to have a look at this profound statement recorded for us in john 1 14. if you want to turn and have john's gospel open i invite you to do that and i'm going to read it again and i want to invite you to take a moment to reflect on its significance see if you can soak it in and ask god this morning that he would deepen your understanding of this spectacular event. This is how John records it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This statement is packed with theological richness, with relational closeness, intellectual challenge and eternal hope. And as we move closer to Christmas, we're reminded of this amazing event. The Word became flesh. Let's look back at how John starts or opens his Gospel. Just flick your eyes up a few verses to, uh, to verse 1 And there's a whole sermon just on that. And it's a sermon for another day and probably for another person. Trying to get my head around it is a challenge. But for us today, it's important to note that John takes this monumental event in verse 14, the Word becoming flesh, and he anchors it in eternity. The Jesus that came to earth was the one who was present with the Father in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made recall genesis 1 in your mind and understand that jesus is present and active with the father day one there is light day and night jesus day two there's water above and water below and the expanse is called the sky it is jesus day three land and sea vegetation fruit and seeds that's jesus day 4 sun moon stars jesus day 5 sea life and bird life in abundance teeming and filling the earth jesus day 6 livestock creatures and wild animals then he created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created the male and female he created them jesus Day 7, rest. Jesus, through him all things were made. Without him nothing that has been made, sorry, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The word who spoke the universe into existence became flesh. Is there anything more profound than, in all of human experience. Does history have a greater day than this? Luke records it this way in the beginning of chapter 2. Flick over if you like. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. The word became flesh in the most humble of circumstances, a shed for animals, a no vacancy sign, out of the way and off the main street and he made his dwelling among us. He made his dwelling among us. The livestock that he spoke into existence surrounded him as he lay asleep, helpless And totally dependent on the man and woman that he also created when we stop and think about the awesome significance of this it should shift our view of christmas this season we should try to fathom just how profound how unlikely and how illogical this event is who would ever conceive of the idea of a creator all-powerful all-knowing Almighty, stepping down into such vulnerability and mess. The light shone in the darkness. He made his dwelling among us. Over the past couple of months, Danny and Dominique and their kids have been staying with us while the repairs have been made to their house after the flood that took place there. Not a, not a biblical flood, but a flood nonetheless. And they made their dwelling to some extent with us. And when they did that, I think they learned a lot about the Smith family. Some good, some indifferent and some not so good. And of course the reverse was true for us, except there so, were none of the not so good things in their case. And <laughs> I think we understand each other a whole lot better as a result. I love the nights where we ate meals together or played games at Matt's request or, or we just sat up and chatted. And I learned a few things too. I realised that the water pressure at our place is hopeless when people in different parts of the house are trying to have showers simultaneously. I also realised that our washing machine and dryer, I do know where it is, could have had its own booking system or Google Calendar or something for a while because it was through winter and there was lots to be washed and dried. Our family also got to see something of the demands that pastoring a church has on Danny and Dominique and the boys and we're appreciative of that. You see dwelling together builds an understanding of an appreci- and an appreciation for one another and when Jesus made his dwelling amongst us he submitted himself to firstly to the authority of his parents and then to local lawmakers and at times to crowds of people and to sleepless nights and personal heartache and he allowed those who he created to challenge him, to abuse him, and ultimately, to execute him. He was constantly scrutinised, tested by religious leaders, and tempted in many ways. And none of this would have been possible unless he came and dwelt among us. And we read in Hebrews four fifteen and sixteen these beautiful words that we do not have a high priest that's Jesus who is unable to empathise with with our weaknesses but we have one who'd been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin so then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because he dwelt with us, he can empathize with us. He knows us and he knows our challenges. And not only that, he provides mercy and grace in our times of need. He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. What did John mean when he wrote those words? What glory did the world see when the Word became flesh? Back to Luke's account for a moment. Pick it up in chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. It's an understatement. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I love this part of the Christmas account. On the one hand, there's this sky full of brilliant angels singing praise to God. And on the other, there's this announcement that the Saviour of the world is wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, We have an amazing saviour we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father john saw his glory firsthand he responded to jesus call to follow him and i find it interesting that jesus almost always called people to follow him before he called them to believe in him and that's still the case today by the way As John followed Jesus, he saw his glory revealed. He saw water turn to wine. He saw Jesus clear the money changers and the crooks in the temple courts. He saw Jesus turn the life of a Samaritan woman around in a simple conversation. He saw the healing of sick people and the dead raised to life. He saw crowds fed with small offerings of simple food. He saw Jesus walk on water. He heard him teach hard lessons and watch many desert Jesus. He heard him contend for the kingdom of God against those who distorted the law and tried turning it into shallow religion. More on that in a moment. He watched as Jesus healed a man born blind from birth and then explained the significance of spiritual blindness. John heard Jesus speak intimately with with he and the other disciples as he washed their feet. And he heard the predictions of Jesus' betrayal and execution and he watched the events unfold. John was there when Jesus gave them a new command to love one another as he loved them. And then he witnessed the horror of the crucifixion and, and as Jesus demonstrated, that very love that he'd spoken to them about. John saw the anguish on the faces of the followers of Jesus and experienced the same grief and loss and confusion following Jesus' death. But not long after, he saw the empty tomb and he met the risen Jesus and he ate meals with him and he was reminded by Jesus of their mission To take the gospel to all nations is it any wonder that john wrote we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father you know peter was there also he saw the glory and he puts it this way in 2 peter 1 16 to 18 for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of the lord jesus christ in power but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Eyewitnesses to his majesty. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, it says to the woman by the well, I know how many husbands you've had. And at the same time, offers her living water. Grace and truth, it says to Nicodemus, you are Israel's teacher and you don't understand the things of the Spirit of God but also explains that anyone who believed in Jesus might have eternal life. Grace and truth demonstrated in the parable of the prodigal son. Grace for the father to give up an inheritance early and to watch the son destroy his life. Amazing grace to wait and to watch and to run and to meet that son when he returns as a total mess. Grace and truth, to show the older son his hard heart and yet to invite him to soften it and to join the celebration. Grace and truth that says to me and to you, I know your sin. There's nothing that you can say or think or feel or do that I don't know about and it also says you're my child and I love you, and if you would agree to it, I'd like to forgive every one of those things. You know, I can't help read the Gospels and just see how much Jesus desires to relate to the people around him. He draws in children, tax collectors, and Pharisees, and the sick, and the injured, and teachers of the law, and in every case, he invites them into a relationship with him. He invites them to experience the kingdom of heaven a life of following jesus is so much more than a set of religious observances i encourage you to read the parable of the prodigal son over and over again this summer and just see how full of grace and truth your heavenly father is and how much he desires for every one of us to come home or to come inside It's a relational invitation, not a religious one. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. When He He dwelt with us, He brought light into the darkness. It's a usual pattern for me when I have to speak something like this that I get stuck Sometimes it's for a moment, sometimes it's for a couple of hours, sometimes it's for several days and I haven't figured out whether that's a mental thing or it's something spiritual. But I often go from being able to think clearly and arrange my thoughts to being hard-pressed to get anything down on paper. And this was the case during this last week. I'd allowed myself a big chunk of time and I sat down And I essentially froze in my thoughts and I pretty much wasted a day. I got nowhere and as usual, I thought it would be best if someone else spoke this morning. Now, you might be sitting there thinking the same thing. Um, That would be nice if you kept that to yourself, we had a quiet word to Danny about it. But as often happens, when I stop thinking and I let God start speaking something occurs and it did and for me it was Thursday morning at the request of my beautiful wife I donated a very small amount of time to assist someone in a very simple task and when I got home from that little event it was raining I didn't want to get wet and I just sat in the car and waited for the rain to stop And as I did, I had time to pray and to reflect. And it dawned on me that I had just experienced what we were talking about this morning. I watched a lady who we went to help, who faithfully gives to a group of people who many in life might overlook. Week by week, she draws in volunteers to help her in a simple act that provides for the physical needs of these people. And at one stage I asked her, how many other Christians work in this environment with you? And there were none. Just her and the volunteers she engages. She's the light in that particular dark place. But the darkness can't overcome it. And so we need to ask why the Word became flesh, made His dwelling amongst us. We need to consider what our response is to seeing his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. And we need to examine our lives to establish if our lives are full of grace and truth. So this Christmas, is Jesus dwelling in you? See, he no longer walks the earth, but miraculously, he's made our hearts his home. Is he at home in your heart? I'm astounded by the fact that the God of this world subjected himself to the experience of being fully human. And I'm even more astounded that he would choose to make his home in my heart and in yours. What miracles. What miracles they are. The incarnation of Christ as a baby was the first miracle. The transformation of a dead heart into one full of grace and truth is another think about that if you're amazed by the fact that jesus came to earth as a baby at christmas how much more should we be amazed humbled and awestruck that he would choose to dwell in our hearts he made his dwelling among us and he continues to do so quite literally in the lives of those who are prepared to invite him in Is there anything more profound in all of human experience? Does your life have a greater day than the one where you first experienced this? If you don't know this for yourself yet, is today the day that you would like to? I'd love to chat with you later, if you would, or if you've come with someone who you trust, have a chat to them. Our world remains a dark place, but the darkness will not overcome the light. It still needs our light to shine in it. Maybe this morning, we should all just choose one thing that we could do to live out this incarnate God in our Christmas experience. I wonder what it is for you. Is there a relationship that you might seek to restore? Is there an apology that you need to make? Is there someone you need to include at your table? Is there a debt you need to forgive? Is there financial sacrifice that you could make to ensure someone less fortunate has what they need? Is there time that you need to set aside just to dwell in the presence of God? Is there a sin you need to confess? a habit you need to stop or some help you need to give or to ask for. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Let's do justice to this fact this Christmas that the world may know Him and see His light each of us i wonder if you'd stand with me this morning as we pray and we're going to go straight from that to a song that i think sums up the things we've been discussing this morning lord jesus what a miracle that you would come to dwell among us that 2,000 years ago you came into this dark world to be the light of this world and that today by your spirit you choose to dwell in our hearts and as we stand here God would you speak to us Would you reveal to us that one thing that we need to do to do justice to this amazing fact that you came to dwell among us. God, you were the word at the beginning. And you had to come to earth to reveal that glory and it explain that to us and to provide the way for us to be restored to your heavenly father and to ours and we thank you for that god we love you we want to worship you and we want to thank you for all that you've done and we pray these things in the mighty name of jesus amen